Hey there, fantasy football fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and this opening was just a little bit different than most of my episodes, wasn't it? Well, that's because this episode is actually something that was aired on the original podcast of mine, the Football History Dude, uh, geez, quite some time ago. It has Mike, fantasy hitman right, on the mic, spitting some information about his fantasy football origin story, but at that time, it wasn't really geared towards specifically just fantasy football. It was all about the history of the game, and of course, being the fantasy footballer is one of my favorite shows of all time, and one of the reasons why I got into this whole podcasting thing, I had Mike the Hitman right on my podcast, and I figured because I am at the stage where I really did not have enough in the can, and I wanted to still release an episode this week, I thought, well, let's go back into the vault. So here is Fantasy Football Origin Stories, but it's really the Football History Dude Podcast with Mike the Hitman Wright. On August 1st, 2014, the Guardians of the Galaxy released in theaters across America, launching a trajectory to be paired up with the Mighty Avengers. At first, these rookies to the Marvel Cinematic Universe appear to be a bunch of misfits put together that wouldn't even go anywhere. But then, we find out the movie and this ragtag group of heroes were better than our wildest dreams could have imagined. About a month later, a ragtag group of video game employees started their own quest that would turn into a fantasy football podcasting juggernaut, and it all revolves around something called the Foot Clan. Welcome to the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. Your host is Arnie Chapman. Football is his passion, and he wants you Come along with him to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board his DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time as we step off the DeLorean, the date is September 4th, 2014, and we are in Seattle to watch the opening game of the NFL season. They're playing against the Green Bay Packers, the Seahawks. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. But why are we here? Well, the 2014 NFL season is obviously important for NFL just because it's another season. However, for fantasy football, this happened to be a time that would change the way that fantasy football podcasts are looked at forever. This is the year where this week's guest started on a journey with a couple of buddies to become one of the greatest podcasts on the planet. It is called The Fantasy Footballers. Who is it? Well, this week, we get to talk to him. He is the reigning People's Choice Fantasy Analyst of the Year. His name is Mike Wright. Yes, Mike Wright. He's the co-founder and co-host of the Fantasy Footballers Podcast, which is a show, if you don't know, it's an independent podcast dedicated to sharing fantasy football golden knowledge nuggets with something called hashtag the Foot Clan. And you'll have the Foot Clan. What's that mean? Well, I'll tell you what. We'll get into that during the interview. Now, if you haven't listened to the show, I definitely recommend, especially if you like fantasy football and a couple of goofballs, well, it's a few goofballs hanging around just talking nonsense. I mean, they go all year round. And it's not just fantasy football. They've got a lot of other things, including a comedy podcast you can listen to as well. And I'll tell you what. I'll go ahead and leave links to the show notes to all these podcasts they have and other things to their website and other ways you can learn more about Mike Wright on his dedicated page on my site, which, by the way, you can get to that dedicated page through your show notes or your podcast player of choice or by heading to thefootballhistorydude.com slash Mike Wright. That's Mike, W-R-I-G-H-T, Mike Wright. Also, while you're at it, I ask that you please subscribe for free to this show by mashing that little subscribe button in your podcast player of choice. That way you get the hottest, freshest of the press episodes who will eat you in every week. But let's get right down to peeling back the curtain behind of how one of the most successful podcasts and a numerous award-winning type of podcast got started with Mr. Mike the Hitman Wright. Hey, Mike, welcome to the Football History Do Podcast. Oh, it is excellent to be here. If we're going to talk about the history of football, I clearly you have to talk to me. <laughs> well, speaking of the uh, okay history of football, but fantasy football, that's kind of what your little forte is there. Do you remember the moment when you made that transition from, uh, I like fantasy football, to all of a sudden, 
bam, I'm obsessed. I got to do it every day. I got to live it. That's my life. Sure. So I, I started off in fantasy sports. I was actually a fantasy basketball player back during the Phoenix Suns era with, with Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, uh, Coach D'Antoni. I, w- I didn't miss a single game. Arizona, we allegedly had a football team, but they, they just uh, were putrid from the day they got here. And then eventually, you know, we got Kurt Warren and things started to turn around. Yeah, that that's when I started to get more and more as a diehard into football. And then when I made the transition to being a, a diehard fantasy football player, that was back uh, 2011, 2010, 2011, where I joined in my work league at the time. And that was, I was working with my fellow podcasters, Jason and Andy, and they had a work league. I had just gotten hired. They decided to expand that uh, their league from 10 to 12 teams so I could get in there and in one of our other coworkers. And that's when it went just full pedal to the metal. This is what I do all day, every day. So when did you win your first championship? I won year two of their league or the second year I was in their league. So that would have been 2012. I guess I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember who, what was your core lineup? Ooh, um, man, I had, so I have I have two championships in that league. I'm trying to remember my my first one. So 2012, I th- think that was the Robert Griffin year. Maybe I know I had Trent Richardson in there just plugging along. I also had, I believe that was the Adrian Peters- Peterson 2,000 yard season, and I traded Matt Ryan and Doug Martin for Peterson right before he went off. Consequently, it was right before Doug Martin went off. So it was like, <laughs> man, I, I kind of feel like I made a bad trade, but then Peterson obviously kept it up and, and dominated. So I, I know I had those guys in, in the lineup. That was like those are the primary guys I remember. Yeah, as a Detroit Lions fan, the every time we bring up Adrian Peterson, I love the dude watching him play, but oh man, I had to watch him against my Lions all the time. Yes. Oh, Peterson. He is one of my favorite players of all time. In our in our office in in the footballers headquarters. We work in a, a bullpen situation, basically, the three of us. And up on the wall, all three of us picked our three favorite, you know, just football, whatever, however you want to answer the question, football, fantasy football. So I've got Adrian Peterson up on the wall. Looks at me every day. <laughs> yeah, it's hard not to go around there. Uh, I didn't play fantasy football when Barry Sanders was around, but obviously that would have been my choice being a right. dude growing up in Michigan. Uh, speaking of that and maybe going back further, uh, what about what got you into the NFL in general, or do you have a favorite player growing up? So what got me in was, like I said, the Arizona Cardinals were terrible. I mean, they were they were the Phoenix Cardinals at one point. They become the Arizona Cardinals. The announcement of the new stadium happens. Everyone, the buzz starts to grow. The team is still not good, but we're going to get a new stadium because they, for for those who who didn't know or don't know, I should say. Uh, the Cardinals for the longest time period played in Sun Devil Stadium, and that is a college stadium. It's also outdoors in Arizona. <laughs> right, it's yeah. so hot. So on metal bleachers. So it, it's not really a fun experience to go out there and on a Sunday afternoon and have the sun just beat the crap out of you. But the new stadium was announced. And it was uh, the, the location was very close, relatively speaking, for a stadium, relatively close to my parents' house where I was living at the time because I was still a child living with my parents. Uh, but but my dad got super hyped, and the way that you could ensure you could actually get season tickets in the new stadium, you got season tickets for the old one. So we had season tickets at the Sun Devil Stadium for I think two or three years. And that's so that's when, you know, the, the, the fandom started growing at least a little bit. And then we move over to the new stadium and, and we get and we've got Kurt Warner and we make, make the playoff run in that Super Bowl run. And that's when it was really like that. That's when the diehard fandom got solidified. I paid attention to them. I back, you know, in the early 90s, I didn't really pay attention to who else or to any other teams. I paid attention to my home team and they were always bad. But that's so that's kind of when that transition happened. When the new stadium 
got built in Glendale, and we started going to those games. We drafted Matt Leinert, and he was going to be the future of the franchise. So all of those things. Yeah, I, the whole Matt Leinert versus Reggie Bush versus what was that? The Vince Young year too. Uh, what was that when Vince Young went before? I mean, Matt Leinert I dropped. I think so. Yeah, I think it was because of the whole the Texas beat USC that year, and it was right. all Vince Young. Uh, but besides that, I mean, it was. Uh, uh, going up Arizona, you had the Kurt Warner. I mean, what what yep. was that like when he first came over there? Was it oh great, we're getting another old timer guy, or was there 100%, serious? You know, one hundred percent. It was oh great, here we go again, because Arizona had just become the stop for players at the end of their career to just come collect some paychecks. Like we had Emmett Smith for a couple years, we had Edrin James from the Colts came over and he was supposed to change everything. Like we would inherit old busted players and anyone who had any value who who showed anything, we wouldn't re-sign them and we would let them go and they would turn into superstars. Of course, other than Larry Fitzgerald, who's been here for his whole career. But that at that time when Warner came in, that was the MO. So it wasn't like Kurt Warner came into town and we were all super psyched about it. Right, yeah, that's uh, the place to go to retire as a player, but also yes. as an old guy. Uh, go back to fantasy football now. I got to ask you a question. My brother uh, presented this one to me. What was your most memorable last-minute fantasy victory? Oh, goodness. Okay, so like a last minute, like I won on Sunday or Monday. Oh, no, I know what it is. I 100% know what it is because it was on uh, – uh, it was one, on one of my championship runs, I think. Honestly, it, it, it all blurs together because, funny enough, the the work league I'm talking about, which is we call that the league of record now on the sh- on the uh, footballers podcast because that's that's the league we really really care about winning. I was up against Andy three years in a row in the championship. I got him two, and he and he snuck a victory in in the middle. But on one of the runs to the championship, I was down really, really big. And I had Jordy Nelson going Sunday night football. And he ended up coming through with just a monster stat line of of over 102 touchdowns. And just it was an absolute fantasy miracle in the playoffs. Saved my bacon and pushed me into the championship game. <laughs> nice and it, and it's better too like you said it was three years in a row i'll get your arch nemesis there yes so speaking of your arch nemesis i mean we joke but you guys work together and you started a podcast uh, let's go back to the very beginning of that that's the reason why we have you here on the show to talk about the history of the fantasy footballers one of the best podcasts out there for fantasy football and even before i get into there i want to congratulate you haven't done this yet for the uh people's players choice fantasy analyst of the year 2019 oh, thank you man Thank you, man. And I appreciate very it. Very impressive. Awesome. It was it was pretty awesome, man. Because you could, I could see the people out there. I could see the other heavy hitters in the industry on their social medias. They were all going for it, so it felt real good. Our listeners, we we affectionately call them the Foot Clan. We always talk about they're undefeated, and this one this one counted. So it was it was a win for them as well. But it did it, it felt pretty good, man. Getting up there on the stage, being being an analyst of the year. Yeah, and I know that every one of the Foot Clan feels the same way for you. And we've gotten to the point where now Foot Clan is uh, just an adjective, for instance. But let's go back again. How do we sure. how do we get to become the Foot Clan? Uh, <laughs> when was the first? Why did you start a podcast? Why? How did you become the fantasy footballers? All right. So the origin of the podcast it goes back to the, to the League of Record, where Every year, we tried to figure out what what can we do for this league to take it to the next level. This was, I mean, when when football was around, this was the primary focus. It was a work league, so I think like 75% of the league were in-house, in the office. We're always talking about it. It's the most active league I've ever been a part of. The trades happen all the time. They're faster, furious. Superstars get traded all the time. In this league, unlike any other league I've I've uh, been in since, I mean I've been in a lot of leagues, you know, since the uh, I joined that one originally. So one of the years, Andy and I, 
said, well, let's start a podcast for the league, just just for this fantasy football league. We already had live drafts every year. People are bringing banners. We're printing custom T-shirts. We had a buddy dress up in suit and tie and read off all of our draft picks like he was Roger Goodell. We, we Every year we tried to find a way to, to make this league just a little bit more special. And one of the years we decided, let's do the podcast. So once a week on lunch break, we would do a pod where we would look back at the week. How did, how did people do? Try and find, did someone make a really smart decision? Did someone make a boneheaded decision? What was the big trade of the week? And then, and eventually, I mean, it just turned into Andy and I spending 45 minutes or so, spending our lunch break just talking crap about the rest of the league, but just really having a good time. And, and everyone in the league looked forward to the release of the podcast every single Tuesday. And we thought, well, you know what? I mean, we're, we're doing all right with this, with our audience of 10 other people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. and we, we already, we're already spending some time doing this. What if we tried to make a real podcast? Cause it, we, we had a great job. I mean, don't get me wrong. We were making video games for a living. We were making Facebook games and, and, uh, iPhone games, but, this the allure of what if you could work one day in fantasy football because this was really the passion that that drove us so we thought okay let's start this podcast that's forward facing it's for public consumption and we did all the you know oh this is exciting we're starting a new thing what's our brand uh andy (laughs) actually searched or he he found like some domains that were available of, of a couple names that we we liked ended up on the fantasy footballers We'd launch our show, and we are just terrible. We are the worst. <laughs> the show, like it's nothing <laughs> like our other show. Our show that's just for our league. Because I don't know what it is. All of a sudden, it was okay. This is for public consumption, and metaphorically, it was like we put our suits and our ties on, and we're business, 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 trying to be so professional with this podcast, and it, it's it completely lost the the element of of just fun like fantasy football is fun it's it's a ridiculous game about a game I mean, it's preposterous that we're even doing it but we love doing it so so anyways we do a couple of those and we're talking with jason because uh, jason's our boss <laughs> at this time and he's like what guys what's going on like this this footballers podcast is nothing like your other one it's it's not nearly as fun so eventually we we get it going where we we cut loose, we throw away all those preconceived notions of this is what I have to be. If I'm a fantasy football analyst out there for the public, this is who I have to be. This is the public persona that that I must become. And we just went back to being ourselves. The show got a little bit better and that's when Jason said like after an episode he said guys I mean, he was talking to Andy. He said, "Andy, look this this show that you guys are doing. I think you have you have something special." And Andy's like, "Yeah, okay, sure, sure." Jason says, "No, I really think that this show is has the potential to be big. This this could be a big thing for you guys." And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, you know, sure, whatever." So the about I think it was I can't remember the timeline. If it was the next year or whatever. Regardless of that, eventually the company we're at, the video game company, starts to fall apart, deteriorate. People are getting la- uh, laid off. I got laid off twice from this company, and eventually we're all gone from it. And it's what are we going to do now? And the three of us, we were still in connection, and was, and we had the 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 podcast, and we said, well, wow, while everyone's trying to figure out what we're going to do, Andy and Jason went to realtor school. I was doing all sorts of different things. Like uh, I was in a uh, a fair, a touring fair band that we were hillbillies, and we played old classic rock tunes, but in the version of, uh, or we would rearrange them so they're basically bluegrass and country songs. I I had a beard oil company. I mean, like I was playing, <laughs> uh, I was playing musicals. I was doing all sorts of different ideas, and while we were doing that, it was. Let's let's try and stick with the podcast, whatever, man. You know, it's it's probably just us having a little passion project, a little hobby. 
and people will have their day jobs and maybe we can do this for fun. And we make this decision. Do we wait and start up this relaunching of the fantasy footballers? Do we wait until training camp? Because that's when the, the public at large really starts to gravitate towards football. Or do we start right now? And the, that right now, the relaunching, we were like just after the Super Bowl had, had, our, uh, had happened. And it was, well, this is a terrible time to start a fantasy football podcast. But we did it anyways. And we were cruising along, doing things we're doing okay. We were getting some listeners, you know, maybe a couple hundred here or there. And then uh, the draft hits, training camp hits, and we're watching our downloads just start to really, really ramp up. And we get into about July, and it's, holy crap, guys, Like with these numbers, you know, this could be a profession. This can actually be a business. This can be, we can maybe pay our, our mortgages by doing this podcast and this fantasy football business. And we, we knew. We have, but to get to that point, we have to go to five a week. When August hits, we have to do a show every single day, uh, and try and compete with, uh, you know, like try and compete with ESPN and CBS, be this independent voice that's outside of the, the big networks. So we make that decision. Uh, honestly, it's, it's kind of a blackout period of, I don't really know how all three of our families survived those first few months because we didn't we didn't take a single dollar from fan the fantasy footballers for months i mean for months we're all just scraping by living uh, on the by the seat of our pants with burning through the savings accounts and then but eventually we we start getting some advertisers things start coming together the listeners are still coming in the listeners are enjoying the show and then the rest from there is is history yeah, I mean, you guys have had a, a crazy ride and such a strong growth trajectory like a hockey stick. Uh, what were, other than financial concerns, what were the biggest challenges at the beginning or even as you moved forward? So the biggest challenges at the beginning were, I mean, it was it really was all uh, financial related where it was, how do we buy another month? How do we buy another month of revenue that all of us can buy groceries for our children? Because we all, all of us are married. All of us have three kids. So this isn't just like, uh, I'm, we're, we're batching it up, you know, doing a podcast. If it doesn't work, no big deal. And so, so it was, I mean, just, just hustling our butts off, scraping, clawing. We unfortunately had to take some, less than ideal you know, uh, uh, deals, uh, advertising deals from some companies. Like they ended up getting smoking deals on, uh, on what <laughs> happened because we needed money up front. And football is such a seasonal business. And we wanted to be a year-round fantasy football uh, business because that's, that's what we wanted, right? We It was the reason, the, part of the reason, you know, why, why we ended up launching in February and March is, because that's what we wanted as consumers. I I hated that fantasy football winter way. I just want to talk about it all the time. So it was trying to buy those months. Okay, well, guys, we have two months in the bank. How do we get another month? And just looking at, at things like that. And then actually, we got pointed towards uh, Patreon. And Patreon became a huge factor in, in us being able to stabilize the business Listeners could come in. They could help support the show financially. We're giving them extra stuff. We're connecting them with with these listeners on a completely different level, and they're helping us stay open. So just things, I don't know, man. It was it was felt like a destiny of things. Just kept the the the, the next plank of the bridge just kept dropping down right in front of us, right uh, right as we were about to take the next step. So an unbelievable ride. It uh, just. And frequently, I mean, very, very frequently, at least, at least once a week, we will be like, guys, remember when we do fantasy football and this is what we, this is how we pay the mortgage. It's a ridiculous thing. Absolutely ridiculous. How much do you think that the bond that you three guys have had helped push you through it? 
Uh, I would say that helped. Um, I, I, can't, I don't even know if I can put a percentage on it, but one of our, one of the, the, like the secret sauce of the fantasy footballers, which can't be duplicated, is the fact that we are three extremely close friends who have known each other for a very long time. Andy and Jason have known each other since high school. I've known them since 2009 or 2010. I mean, we, we've known each other a long time. We've talked football a long time. We're all at the exact same stage of life. We're separated by an age gap of maybe, I think I'm, I think Jason's like a year and a half older than Andy or something like that. And like I said, we're all married. We all have three kids. So all of our goals are completely aligned. So when we're moving forward with a business decision, we're all you know, looking for relatively the same exact thing. And then the fact that we could be in the same room is an advantage that very, very few fantasy football podcasts, podcasts in general, but very specifically fantasy football podcasts, they didn't have that luxury. And even you can have a very, very great show. Like we're, we're doing this over the internet. And I'm sure your listeners hearing me just talk nonstop are like, this is like the best content I've ever heard. This guy is sensational. <laughs> but, but it's, we can, we can get into a weird thing where I don't know if I'm I'm supposed to talk. You don't know if you're supposed to talk because we don't have that natural body language chemistry thing happening where we're in the exact same room and you can read my hand, you know, waving you off and just knowing that I'm about to talk because we're in the exact same room. So you you combine the same room with the chemistry that we're three friends and we have uh like we're we're the same but different where we have you know, pretty different opinions on fantasy football. We have very different approaches, but we just come together to form this triforce of power. And it, it's 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 still hard for me to completely explain <laughs> explain how it worked or it continues to work. No, I I totally get it. As I'm going to go ahead and fanboy out here as a listener of the show, that camaraderie and the brotherhood stands through. When we listen, we can tell that you guys have been, I don't want to think about Jason dancing, but the way that you guys <laughs> talk to each other, you can, it's almost like you've been in a dance together for so long. And I think that's why you're a big reason why your fans are, are so passionate because they feel like when you, when Jason goes on tilt about Philip Rivers, we go on tilt with him and that right. kind of thing. So it's, it's just a totally different thing. I talked to Dan Collin, oh, geez couple of weeks ago the the, lap, the last episode with Dan Carlin he we talked about the difference of could modern day players play with a team or could old players play with modern day players could they keep right. up and he brought up the point of offensive linemen nowadays may have 50 pounds on the Green Bay Packers Lombardi offensive line but they played together for 8 to 10 years and they had a brotherhood and they knew each other's little quirks more than anybody else so it's a very comparable type of thing to what you guys have and that's why I think you're going to be going on from now into the future and just continue to grow well I, I really appreciate that and I would say the uh, like what you're talking about where where Jason goes on tilt cuz Philip Rivers throws an interception at the last second and ruins his playoff chances like th- that's not him acting <laughs> he is not joking around our <laughs> our passion for the game is what we present when it's what we present on the show our highs and our lows are not manufactured that's that's really who we are that's really the pain that we are or, or the joy that we are experiencing. So I, I believe that that really does come through as well, that people know that I mean, we're, we're not just a couple guys who a, a company threw together and said, hey, guys, figure it out. Figure out how to be friends. Like, no, we're friends. We love fantasy football. And it, how my fantasy team does on a Sunday really does affect how my week, when my week is going to look moving forward, my emotions through the week. Yeah. And that's, that's beautiful. The way that you guys are able to have that too and grow up. And I wrote down something as you were talking, um, uh, there's a lot of kids that when you ask them what they want to be when they grow up and you guys are legitimately living what one of my answers would have been. I want to live in the world of football. I want to live in the world of fantasy football. So speaking of going back into the fantasy football 
in the show. Let's peel back the curtain a little bit. What does what does a day look like for Mike Wright? And, and you know what I mean. It's like you got to yeah. have a crazy world. Yes, it's it's definitely a, a wild place to live. I'm happy to be here, but uh, uh, it really depends on the time of the season. The off season looks very very different than in season because I mean the, the off season's all about diving deep into research. We're already working on our flagship uh, product, our ultimate draft kit. I mean, when we talk, when we say on the show, Hey, we're working on it already. We're not joking. Like, we're diving into product development. Uh, the, the original ultimate draft kit was completely built slash coded slash hacked together by the three of us. Now, luckily, and fortunately we, we have a, uh, a programmer now on staff who can take it to the next level, but we still do a lot of that stuff. So, I mean, right now, you know, I'm coming in, I'm preparing for the show. I want to make sure I got cool, hot stat nuggets and I'm building up my arguments, trying to figure out what I actually think about these players record. Uh, we're also, uh, we're also very committed. We have this other show called the spitballers, which is just a completely, uh, there's no football. It's just a comedy podcast where we thought, you know, it, it would be sure nice to have a show, one that can can reach a wider audience because fantasy football is gigantic, but it's still a niche. It's still a niche of a niche, and you know, it it can still be capsule. So was well, well, let's see if we can do this comedy thing. So we, we we record that as well, and even though it's the off season, I'm. St- I'm still recording three football podcasts uh, a week, two for the main show. And then we do a bonus episode every week for uh, our, our Patreon supporters. So it's, it's still jam packed right now. It's just a little, looks a little bit different. And then in season, Oh my gosh, man. In season is (laughs) in season is just full chaos where you get to week 10 and you're, you're looking at the calendar going, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can make it another seven weeks because this is this is ridiculous. Where you're going, you're you're working a full time schedule six days a week, and not and not even just a full time schedule because you uh, so in season we get in at eight in the morning, we work until about four to five o'clock, and then if it's a Monday, guess what I get to do? I get to go home and watch football. So my workday on Monday is actually like a, I don't know, like a 17 hour, 16 hour day or something like that. So obviously not complaining, not complaining, just saying that it, it, it's a lot of work for a business where you, when you tell people what you do, they frequently ask, well, well, what do you actually do for work? Right. Yeah. I mean, you're to your point there, you can't necessarily turn off where I can, in my day job, I come home. Now it's I'm doing the podcast. I go right. back to work. I'm a quality assurance manager, so I can imagine that even though you're watching a game for enjoyment, now you're oh okay oh oh man I said that guy was going to do good and oh man he just had threw a pick, so I could imagine that being part of it. What you also uh, so when do you record your drops for the show? So the drops, I mean, I I do all those at home. They aren't as frequent anymore. And and by drops for people out there who. Don't know what my man's talking about. Like our, our audio transitions. I my background is a musician. Uh, if you had asked ten year old Mike, what's he going to be? I would have said I'm going to be a world famous rock star. So the <laughs> music is my was my original passion. So I make the audio drops, the transitions, and the, I I sneak those in probably at I don't know, you know, like 10 p.m. after I've gotten the kids to bed. They've gotten up. I've put them to bed. They get up yet again, and then I finally get them to go to sleep for reals. And then, <laughs> then you sit around. Right, yeah. Then you sit around for thirty minutes, making sure that they actually fell asleep. Then <laughs> I go sneak into the office and record the the drops. Yeah, that's pretty cool that you could bring that personal touch to a show. And another thing that uh, speaking to your wish or dreams of being a rock star and the touring life it's cool that you guys have been able to tour live and how long have you been doing that for so we've done i mean we did two two years of actual like a tour where uh the the first year we really just we did a live show in phoenix it was basically a 
is this going to work? <laughs> right? We got to let's do a test. Are do people really want to come out and watch three dudes talk about fantasy football up on a stage and record their podcast? And it was an overwhelming response of, yeah, people do. They want to be a part of it. And the live shows really, really are special to me because it's it's a blending of the the world I thought I was going to be in with the world that I, you know, I currently live in where I when you're doing a podcast and you know this, but you know that people are listening, but they don't exist like they're just a. They're a, it's a, a number that says, oh, someone downloaded your podcast, but I don't, you don't get that face-to-face interaction with actually performing live to people. So that, that is very, very fulfilling to me when we get to go up on the stage, do our, our fantasy football thing and, and interact with the crowd. It's, it's an absolute blast. But so Arizona worked and then we ended up going on two, uh, a five city tour the next summer and then a five city tour the next summer uh, again and it was just it was tons of fun i i can't believe the amount of people who would come out i can't believe so at the end of every show we would do a a, not like a full meet and greet but we would do a a photo op where it's like hey if you want a picture with us if you want us to sign something we're gonna be here so let's do this and i mean we had multiple times where that line ended up being over an hour long people would wait which is just, I mean, that's a wild experience. That's a wild feeling to know that someone will stand in a line for an hour just to shake your hand and take a quick picture. So it, like the, the live tour, the what it has done to, to, to push that relationship forward with us and the fans of actually getting to be out there and have direct response, you know, an actual flesh-to-flesh type of a situation it's i think it was a really really big deal and on top of that it just was very very personally satisfying for me yeah that's uh you guys put on a good show and uh, you're family friendly and that's something that everybody appreciates too because they can take their kids to the show and they don't have to worry about it yep yeah we, we do strive for that i mean we we try to like i like to consider us the uh like the the pixar of fantasy football i'm a i'm a huge pixar fan and i I love the fact that they have jokes for grown-ups that like they go up to the line but like grown-ups get it kids aren't understanding what's going on but and so we make sure that if i was playing if i was listening to this podcast my podcast in the car with my my children which i have a a a 10 a 9 and a 6 year old and if I can listen to this show with my six-year-old, then we're all good. Yeah, and the same thing with the Spitballers podcast, which we'll be putting links to that in the show notes as well. And uh, you guys always have on there the Would You Rathers. Uh, I have a Would You Rather for you. All right, let's go. All right, would you rather tackle Beast Mode in his prime or would you rather try to run through Ray Lewis in his prime? So, I'm, I'm, like, I would die. I mean, both of these scenarios, I end up dead. Is what it sounds like. So, but you get ten million dollars for just that one shot. Well, then I'm going to take it because I'm going to try. I'm going to get me that ten million dollars. Uh, <laughs> right? I yeah. Will, Which one are you taking? I, man, uh, I would. I'd rather be the hammer than the nail. So I'm. I'm going to. I'm going to try and run through Ray Lewis. It's going to fail miserably, but at least <laughs> I. At least I know that. I'm kind. I'm kind of dictating it, I guess. I'm. I'm kind of like. I'm not reacting to what Beast Mode is doing, and I, I know what Marshawn Lynch would do to me. I feel like I might be able to at least weasel my way into a situation where Ray Lewis just tackles me. He doesn't completely explode me. But if tackling, <laughs> if I'm trying to tackle Marshawn Lynch, I mean, all four limbs are just going to ex- shoot off of my body. So I'll go with I'm trying to tackle Ray Lewis, or I'm I'm trying to run through Ray Lewis. All right, well, either which way, good luck with it. I'm. Uh, I just recently watched the top 100 plays of the the 2010s, and of course, you got to see the beast mode run, and that uh, just every time I watch that, it's unbelievable. That run against you're talking about the run against the the Saints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That run is just freaking preposterous, preposterous. 
Yeah, I mean, he kind of followed it up against your Cardinals. It wasn't quite the same, but he had Beastquake too, I guess you can call it. Yeah, and people do. And true story about Beastquake too. That won me a championship against Andy. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. So I'm at that game. It's and that was the night game, right? That was championship week. That was at night. And the Arizona Cardinals had to beat the Seahawks to have any chance of making it into the playoffs. Like they have to win this game. I have Marshawn Lynch. I need him to go off. I need him to have a good game so I can secure my fantasy championship. It's this really strange place to be as a football fan. Like I was I was literally facing do I root for my team who if they lose they're out of the playoffs or do I root for the other team who can win me a fantasy championship? I mean, people ask that type of question all the time. I lived it. And then to start that game if you remember, Marshawn Lynch was nowhere to be found. He was in the locker room. I don't I still don't even know what was going on, but he was in the locker room for quite some time, and it was, where is Marshawn? Nobody knows what's happening. But then eventually he comes in, and, and he beats Quake 2.0s, and, and then I win a championship. So my my Cardinals didn't make the playoffs, but at least I won a championship. <laughs> right, yeah. Maybe he was in the locker room uh, trying to find the Skittle shortage or something. Maybe. I don't know. So that so if you – well, I mean – the. You're in the same boat as me. Lions have never won a Super Bowl. Cardinals have never won a Super Bowl. Would you rather take a Cardinals championship or five straight in a row re- league oh. of record championships? Oh, you have you have to go with the five because if it's if it's just one, that's that's so easy. It's I'll take the Cardinals right, yeah. Super Bowl. If, if it's two, that's still really easy. I'll take the Arizona Cardinals Super Bowl, but five straight titles. Oh my gosh, I, I'm, I'll probably I'm going to still go with the Arizona Cardinals Super Bowl. That's a that's a moment that I want to that that you experience with other people. That part of what what uh, football is so awesome is that connection where there's when you're with your friends who are fans of the same team, you are singularly focused on on a goal, which is a, a pretty rare thing for for you to be so mind melded. With with other people of of just wanting you all have the same goal, so I'll take that. I would be able to share the moment with my dad, with my kids. It would it's pretty rough to turn down five championships, but I'd I would rather experience that that moment with my family and friends. Yeah, our motto is always, and this is in my family, we're diehard Lions fans. Is Detroit Lions, and then my league of record, then my big money league, and then after that, it's it, it's on, and it's of course. Blood doesn't matter in, in fantasy football. It's, it's oh, cutthroat. You're not. there to win. <laughs> uh, so speaking of the fantasy footballers and, and some of the old timers, um, if you could bring back one old timer, we'll talk, we'll, we'll just say like pre-70s, and you could bring a football player on the interview. Pre-70s? Yeah, yeah, man, real old timers. Who, who would you guys want to talk to? Oh, man, the I – think he's pre-70s but like the only guy who's popping up in my head and it's because of this is for my pops who he grew up in minnesota so before he was a cardinal fan he was diehard minnesota vikings fan still is and which is why from time to time you'll hear my my allegiance sway to the minnesota vikings if the cardinals aren't very good uh, but the the tales i always hear of how awesome fran tarkenton was as as a quarterback for the Vikings of like I mean being the mobile quarterback scrambling all over the place you know winning games so that that that's who I would like to talk to well if you're asking the question for your dad what question are you asking this Fran Tarkenden ooh what question am I asking Fran uh why can't you win one of these super bowls Fran <laughs> yeah, uh, that that's so. Uh, Andy Reid's been saying that too. Why can't we just <laughs> just get there more and win it, man? Uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't even know who I'm picking in the Super Bowl yet. I keep telling everybody I wait till the injury report on Sunday morning, and then whoever my monkey knife from my DraftKings lineup is doing, I guess that's who I root for. I have to root for Kansas City. It's a contractual obligation to root against the 49ers. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true for you and your division. Uh, yep. Whatever happens, I'm going to root for the red jerseys, I guess. Oh, very nice. 
<laughs> uh, so I mean, I guess uh, going to be in white, right? Yeah, but I, I, of course, when I'm saying this, this is when they're still in red. They haven't. One of them will be in white, as far as the yeah. game goes. I don't know which one. I'm not sure how they work that out. I don't know. I, I love the way that they both play different styles, but uh, shoot. I, I don't know. I, we'll figure it out when it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the questions I always ask as we get close here, uh, I'm going to give you the keys to my DeLorean and you can go back in any point in history. I'll give you one stipulation, um, two stipulations. It has to be before your lifetime and you cannot change the outcome. What football moment in all of history are you going to go to? Whew, okay. So I can't change the outcome, man. The football moment I want to go to. That's a great question. Let's see. I mean, I probably would just go back to like the first Super Bowl. Because that, that seems like if you're, you come back and you're like, hey, guys, I was, I was able to go to the first Super Bowl. I mean, you guys are all just a bunch of bandwagoners. I was there <laughs> before the NFL was actually cool. I was there right after the merger. So I feel like that's, yeah. a, that's like a feather in your cap that no one else can take away. Like when people are talking about stories, you just jump in. Did I ever tell you about the time that I was at the first Super Bowl? Pretty awesome. Yeah, not too bad. I shook, yeah. uh, it looks shook my Marty's hand. <laughs> exactly. They're like, well, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl this year? I'm like, well, that doesn't really matter. What about when I was at the really first Super Bowl? I mean, come on. Can we talk about that some more? Yeah, this, the first Super Bowl. So when I had that episode and I did the research, I didn't realize it until then. And I cannot remember the guy's name, but the <laughs> tight end for the Packers. And I'll have to figure that out again. But he was actually the backup. The guy who actually basically won the game. The MVP had like seven catches for 130 yards or something. Uh, the night before, he was out partying all night because he's, ah, I'm the backup. I'm not even going to get in the game. Right. First or second play, the starter goes down. This dude's all hung over. They pick up his name. He's like 33 years old at the time, and he ends up winning the game. And it's just a story that it, craziness about like Paul Horning, who was kicked off the squad later on. They're like going out and they're partying and stuff, and they had to sneak by Lombardi or something like that. I don't know the whole story. But yeah, uh, get back to different your NFL back then. Uh, quite different and a lot more you could get away with. And that's another argument that people would make. Uh, could the NFL players now be bigger, faster, stronger, more technology? Yes. But is the attitude the same? I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe, maybe I I'm on the side of the, the, the new era players would squash the old ones like bugs. Yeah, I agree. And if it's a exact same straight because you have all the better conditioning they work all year round but if it was uh, it's impossible to even have that argument it's just fun to talk about it yeah i mean it's like it's the speed man i I know you you have some random fast players if you go back whatever 30 40 years but everybody is fast in the nfl linemen are fast in the nfl the guys who are 300 pounds are running a 40-yard dash in five seconds or whatever i just and we we've seen that even in today's NFL, if you can be just that, just a hair faster than everybody, like Tyreek Hill, the things that he is able to do. Can you imagine a guy with Tyreek Hill's speed and ability in the NFL forty years ago? He would catch eight touchdowns in a game. Yeah, he'd be essentially uncoverable at that point yes, in time. He would, except. The only caveat there is, is he going to play with today's NFL rules or is he going to play with 40 years ago rules running over he, well, the middle? I'm, and- I'm, I'm even giving him the old rules because as soon as he, as soon as he gets around somebody, it's not going to happen on every play, it, but he's, he'll, he will get open. And then, and if, even if he is not the one who's getting the ball, you're going to have to basically like triple cover him every single time. So somebody else is going to be open. Right. Yeah. I mean, if, if he pops one play, he's gone. It's, he's taken it to the house. Right. So, uh, I mean, I don't have anything else for you, Mike. I just wanted to uh, ask you, where do you want the listeners of the show to go to? Sure. So, uh, I love uh, when people follow me on the socials. <laughs> if you want to hear me 
or not hear me if you want to see my ramblings. And look, I, sometimes I talk about football, but honestly, my socials are are uh, usually related to other things. But you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FFHitman. If you like sneakers, if you like dogs, you're really going to like my Instagram feed. And if you like random factoids and me talking about video games, you'll like my Twitter account. And then thefantasyfootballers.com. That's our home base for for everything for the podcast. Uh, You can find the show there. Links to everywhere. Links to our YouTube, our rankings when we're in season. Thank goodness I don't have to think about rankings for, for at least a couple months uh so those are the places that you should go well there you go mike the hitman right dropping gridiron knowledge nuggets on you from a different perspective now as i'm recording this i regret not asking why did he get that nickname the hitman but if you want to figure that out i'm sure you can listen over to the fantasy footballers podcast or the comedy podcast even hit him up on his socials as he said in that interview i bet he'll give you an answer but besides that i hope you did enjoy peeling back behind the curtain of how an extremely successful fantasy football podcast from a few buddies that just started it i guess bootstrapping to the third degree the nth degree because they didn't legitimately have jobs at the time and how they were able to create a growth trajectory that now is seeing them touring they have another show it's called the spitballers podcast a comedy show so i mean if you want to continue to learn more about mike Wright and their different shows i again asked and tell you you need to go over to the dedicated page on my website that has more information about this dude. It's over at thefootballhistorydude.com slash Mike Wright. That's Mike W-R-I-G-H-T. Again, thefootballhistorydude.com slash Mike Wright. Also, if you enjoy the show and you think that something that you heard in here or another episode struck a bell with you, you got some entertainment or education value out of it, uh, I ask that you maybe support this independent podcast and feel free to head over there by the website and you, there's many ways for you to do so. As we transition in next week, though, we're going to go back to a solo show. Haven't had a solo show in a while, so I'm going to dive back deep and try to have one of those types of solo shows where I just tell you a story about how something came to be. This time, as it's pretty fitting for this time of year, we've got the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis heading up. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to look at a little bit of history of the Scouting Combine. Then the following week, we're going to talk to Chris Landry from Landry Football. He's a former scout and coordinator of the NFL Scouting Combine, so he's going to go ahead and give us a unique perspective of the process. But for now, dudes, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Football History Dude. Make sure you're the first to get the next episode. Please subscribe on your podcast player of choice and head on over to thefootballhistorydude.com for the show notes and more information on the history of the NFL. And remember, dudes, where we're going, we don't need roads.